<laughs> it's so funny. Your mouth is moving so Hey, we're Dos Randos, and this is a podcast based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, about everything and nothing. We're your hosts and brothers. I'm Chorus. And I'm Taylor. And together we prove that, yes, indeed, anyone can start a podcast. You can consider us the background noise beneath the soundtrack of your life, or maybe even something slightly less significant than that. The Padilla brothers are not responsible for the opinions, jokes, hopes, and or dreams expressed in this program. They are merely the nonsensical mutterings of two brothers recorded for your listening displeasure. Welcome back. <laughs> this is episode three. This is crazy. I didn't think we'd get this far. I thought we would run out of steam and and uh, you know maybe get tired of it by now. But we're yeah. still going, baby. We are, and we're getting incredible feedback. So thank you for people that have just come up to us and talked to us yeah, and for sure. congratulated us on the show. Um, yeah, man, it's super fun. Yeah, I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing. At, at any like if I could just work on this all week that'd be that'd be bliss it probably would be it's mm-hmm. really fun we <laughs> spent forever making funny corny little intros and outros today so and we also uh, have the first this will be our first time using our brand new uh, roadcaster. roadcaster pro so shout out to road road for real I don't know why but we ended up using like all road products for this podcast I think and I like, always liked the way the microphones looked like as a kid we, yeah. we, we grew up around music gear and so uh, when it came time for me to buy like a mic for my uh, my like guitar cab and stuff, it went I went road and that kind of triggered all of this stuff. Because it's got it's got to not only sound good, it's got to be a good product, but it also has to look. It's cool. got to look good. It's, it's right in front of our face for like four hours at a time. And so. it looks good, yeah, even though you can't see it. Black and gold, baby. Black and gold <laughs> <laughs> looks really good. So uh, anything interesting happened in your week? I know we got the uh, we spent some time setting up the new gear, but other than that. Other than that, um, no. <laughs> How goes it with that call center life, dude? It's it's a call center, dude. That's that's all I can say about <laughs> it. You get yelled at, but then then you, you move know, on, and then you get paid. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, hey, today it sucked at work, but you know what? Getting paid for sure. And it's only like I'm not there like my entire day either. So that's true. That's another. Thing You're there that's for nice a handful of it. hours at a time. Yeah, it's it's very reasonable. All right. Well, uh, we wanted to try something new today. We're going to kick off with a segment uh, that we are calling Rando News. So we'll go over a couple topics back and forth, and uh, and we'll go from there. So let's give this a shot. And now it's time for Rando News. <laughs> All right. That took so long to make. Yeah, that was seven seconds of audio. It took like two and a half hours. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to kick us off with some news. The first topic I have on my list here is the Idaho Potato Commission promotes limited edition <laughs> French fry scented. Just, we need to bask in the glow of the Idaho <laughs> Potato Commission for a second. <laughs> yeah, there are people that dedicate their lives to the, the processes and to thoughts of the potato. potatoes. Okay, are you ready? Go ahead. Here we go. The Idaho Potato Commission promotes limited edition French fry scented perfume. Ooh. Now that I can get behind. <laughs> Is that the scent you're going for? That's what I'm going for. French fries and petrichor. Those are the two. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. The The picture has like little crinkle fries next to the bottle. Oh my gosh. The commission cites polling that suggests almost 90% of, air, of Americans can't resist the smell of salty, tasty side items. Yeah. 
If you could bottle, that's about right. What what scent would you bottle? We already talked about petrichor, the smell of uh, the smell of rain. But what would be your your go to? Yeah, I've said this before, and it, people have tried, but there is a certain smell of the water on Pirates of the Caribbean: The Ride. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. That's a really good smell. I think it's like old wearing down metal is the actual smell, but. Well, Disney Disney has these iconic smells. <clears throat> I talked about this before, where last time I went to Disney World, I it was you know in the in the height of the pandemic, and we were all wearing masks. And man, like day two, me and my wife were kind of talking like it, it just doesn't feel the same. Are we getting too old for this? Is it you know is the magic kind of wearing off of the Disney experience? And then the next day, I pulled my mask down to like catch a breath of air, and all the nostalgia just spilled over me. It's wild. Yeah, I've never never had that experience, so it's well, al- it's always been right for me. No, what I'm <laughs> saying is it's you know smells trigger these crazy nostalgic memories, right? Take right. you back to a specific time and place. Yeah, for That's sure. Super weird, and also smells as like specific as that that you even you don't realize that they're missing, but they are. Yeah, totally. I also have this weird thing where once in a while I will like yawn really deep, and in the <laughs> yawn I will like have this memory of a smell that is so vivid <laughs> it's the weirdest thing that's weird and i don't i don't know if it happens to anyone else if it does no uh, maybe we're weird too but yeah what do you mean we I no i was talking that. me and and the person okay. that, <laughs> it's like, i don't do that no it's really weird yeah that is weird. And it's out of the blue it's not like i was thinking about that meal or that place or whatever <laughs> um let's move on your let's nose see. wants what it wants and it wants what it wants dude sometimes that's french fry candles Sometimes it is. All right. Walmart drops mask mandate for vaccinated employees. I mean, that's a step in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, it is. <laughs> just, it's like halfway there. Just drop it all. Drop it all. Also, it's I don't understand how they can. So what that means is people who are not wearing masks are obviously saying they're vaccinated. Right. Or they're lying. But uh, well, doesn't that break some kind sh- of HEPA? No. And I, I get this a lot. <laughs> Explain it. Basically, and I'm HIPAA trained, so I, I know this. Basically, what HIPAA is, is I can't just go to your doctor. Well, I can. I can go to your doctor and I can ask him, what is so-and-so's medical records? I can ask him that. But as per HIPAA, he is prohibited from telling me what that information is, unless you consent to it. That's what HIPAA is. But if I am unvaccinated... So they can ask you and they can incentivize you to tell them that information, but you're not obligated to give that information out. But here's the thing. So say I work at Walmart, HR comes to me, right? They want to know if I'm vaccinated or unvaccinated. And I say, I'm not. So I'm not vaccinated. So I will be wearing my mask at work. The cause and effect of that situation is now that my entire employee team knows my vaccination status by default. Right. So, you know, it's, it's like murky water. So that in that situation, if you didn't want them to know that, you would just say, I'm not going to tell you that. And then they'll That's say, within your rights. And then they'll say, you have to wear a mask. Because you, you didn't tell and, us. And we will make sure everyone knows that if you're wearing a mask, it's either because you have not told us your vaccination status or because you're unvaccinated. Exactly. Which is still super stupid. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. <laughs> they, shouldn't, they shouldn't ask you, but they, they are allowed to. Yeah, that's dumb. Did you want to bring up anything else? I could go for a couple more, but I think 
let's get into some of the pop culture stuff that you've yeah, been working on. Yeah, let's kind of scoot onward here. So I had a, some some geek news um, as well as another something after that. But the first one, we'll go ahead and and uh, we'll hit that hit that button there. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Okay, y'all, <laughs> it's official. We are. So the actual news headline is Catherine Zeta-Jones has been cast in National Treasure, a Disney Plus series. A series? A series. I but thought it was going to be out. a movie. She's not the main character. So what's going to happen is basically she is um, cast as a character in the show that is a spinoff from a third National Treasure movie. So they're doing an actual movie, and then from that movie... So they're doing a, a third part of the of the film third, series, yeah, third part and of the then series. a show on top of that. Then a show on top of that. Interesting, okay. Yeah. So the show is going to take place after the movie, but it's going to be... Um, there's a... There's a new protagonist that we're gonna we're gonna get to see in the new movie that that person is going to be heading up this this series. So what's his name's not gonna be in Nicolas Cage is not the lead. It doesn't seem like he's gonna be lead in the series, but I think he's might be a lead in the movie. But it's it's be. also possible that he won't be in the movie either because <laughs> he's kind of crazy in real life. He's, he's kind of like off on his T Rex head thing at the moment. So I always thought growing up that. Um, only we were really into the National Treasure movies, but it seems like it has this weird following. I see memes and people talking about it online. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. That's because those movies are great. <laughs> <laughs> they made me a nerdy historian kid, I think. They kind of, I don't know how they did it, but they, they merged the best things about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and the things that we weren't taught about American history into one or two great movies. It's true. And now three great movies, probably. And a Disney and Plus series. Potentially a, a movie. Uh, yeah. Featuring a, a show. Catherine Zeta-Jones. That'll be super fun. That'll yeah. be a show I'd like to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be super sick. Uh, so the second thing I kind of wanted to talk about was um, I was going to make some predictions because we got the Super Bowl coming up um, tomorrow. And if you're listening to this any other time. If, we un- if you're unfamiliar with what the Super Bowl is, it's a, uh, it's a televised live concert um, surrounded by some funny... And some hyper-political commercials surrounded by some guys in helmets running around on a field. Right. So this is kind of the way they get nerds to watch sports once. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I would classify myself as a nerd, but, you know, I'm into Kendrick Lamar. I would Lamar. consider you an, a music nerd. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then I'm nerd about other things. And It's then, not exactly like a niche group of hip-hop artists that are, like, underground. No, it's no like but The still. most successful hip-hop artists of all time are all... Performing. What we're getting at is we're not really here for the football. We're not here for we're the not football. Here for the football. So a couple of predictions. Um, well, I guess the first first one would have to be: what do you, Who do you think that if if there is going to be a a surprise guest for the for the halftime show, who do you think that's going to be? The surprise guest from the halftime show. Let me think about it. I have no idea. Okay. Who would you say? I would say. We might get another holographic Tupac. Oh, a hologram would be fun. Yeah, I think that might be interesting. Especially if it was like a three-dimensional shape and they could like shoot it from different angles. Yeah. Huh. That's really the only reason I'm watching it. Yeah, the halftime show is going to be really cool. But um, also the the major predictions I wanted to make before this, we're probably going to get the full Jurassic World trailer. For Jurassic World 3. Oh, nice. Dominion. I love those movies, too. They're so good. 
And I'm not like I'm not really into movie series the way you are, but man, like <laughs> Jurassic Park just gets me into childhood feels. Yeah, I love Jurassic Park for so many reasons. You know, I love the books, I love the movies, everything about it. But the main thing I like about you know the Jurassic Park thing is the fan base is really cool. They're always really cool people. Not not too far one way or the other, but yeah. So Jurassic World trailer will probably get that during the Super Bowl. They just dropped um, a new Lightyear trailer. So we'll probably see that same trailer at the Super Bowl. That'll be cool. Um, yes, yeah, so that's going to be pretty rad. Then, um, I don't know if we'll see a new The Batman trailer. Those seem like we're kind of nearing the end of those. I think if we get another one, I won't have to go see the movie. Right. But I can probably bet on a Morbius trailer. Um, and here's something that nobody's really talking about. We're supposed to be getting another Transformers movie soon. So I think we might see some first footage from that. I don't know if I care about Transformers. I, I, can, I can pretty safely say I don't think I care about Transformers anymore. Definitely watch Bumblebee. Bumble I have. What? I did. I loved Bumblebee. Bumblebee was It was great. good, but it wasn't good enough for it to like have the inertia for me to keep coming back to watch new tra uh, Transformer movies. Well, the next Transformer movie is uh, based on Beast Wars. I don't know what that means. It was a really, really popular series, uh, Transformer series from, from when we were kids. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I just want to see more Shia LaBeouf movies. He's so weird, and he's always kind of around. Can we, can we start the petition now to have him in the next Indiana Jones movie? I don't think he's going to be, but man. I know. <laughs> People hated that. Well, because he sucked in the last one, but he's good now. <laughs> I like him. I've always I liked him. I always thought he was weird, and I just wanted to see him in more movies and more content. I don't know, man. He was bad in that last <laughs> Indiana Jones movie, but I think... Wasn't that, that whole movie bad, though? That mm, All the way up until The Monkeys. It was it was really good all the way up into The Monkeys. Huh. After that, it was no, that. no good. But I kind of like the whole Crystal Skull alien situation at the end. Yeah, but that's like... It's already been done. By who? The by aliens? George Lucas. Oh, by George <laughs> Lucas. Okay. It's already been done. Uh, so my last Super Bowl prediction, and this is a long shot, but listen to me and listen to me loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put $5 down. Five big ones? Five big ones. If we see, um, if we see a, a Cloverfield anything. You think there's going to be a Cloverfield It's been a long time since we've had a Cloverfield anything, and they always seem to do those at Super Bowls. Do they? I thought they the last do. one was just like a, it was like a surprise upload on Netflix. That was after the Super Bowl. Oh, you're right. It was yeah. announced and it was like, as soon as the game is over, head to Netflix. And the one before that was like, this is a full length movie coming out in a week. Okay. So yeah, I'm putting money down. I think we might see some, some Cloverfield something going on this weekend. The Cloverfield movies are cool because they're very loosely related around some catastrophic event involving like aliens and the earth, right? Oh, yeah. And all the movies are shot from like these different perspectives. They don't really intertwine at all. None of these people intertwine Did you see with one Paradox, another. Paradox, though? I think so. Paradox brings them together. Well, they're all in the same world, but they're not like, they're not like, talking to each other, are they? No, but. That's what I'm saying. Paradox it, it, makes it, I don't want to spoil it. If you haven't watched Cloverfield Paradox, um, definitely go do it. It's on Netflix right now. Um, it's always on Netflix because it's a Netflix movie. <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it really does. It explains what's happening and why the, there's monsters. Right. And they're things. all in the same world is what I'm saying. But what, what's refreshing is that they're in the same world, all kind of um, facing the similar circumstances, but from different skill sets, different backgrounds. Right, right. They're all in different, you know, sort of little situations. So, yeah, definitely check out Cloverfield. I th Paradox. I think we are going to maybe see something 
you know, to that effect this weekend. All right. Does that wrap up the news? I think that wraps up the news. All right. I uh, would like to end this news segment with something that I've prepped. Um, it'll be an ongoing uh, <clears throat> maybe sub-segment here. Uh, we're going to close with a message from the president. So <laughs> if you'll take a moment. Oh. I'm going to put my hand on my heart. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> so I've prepared many, many Joe Biden statements, uh, public on camera with a mic. Oh, and uh, we'll just kind of get through them week to week and remember uh, who's in charge of this whole situation. <laughs> this whole thing. If you missed it, we can drop that one more time. Oh, yeah. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> oh, you know. It might be true. <laughs> it just might be it just true. Might be true. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so moving on, we're going to jump into a segment called Rando Reviews, and um, yeah, we got some some interesting things. So kind of preface it with week. what yeah with what Rando Reviews is. So basically, um, we're going to be reviewing things, uh, people's places and or things. Um, Things and, and stuff and stuff and um, on a on a rating system that we'll we'll come up with maybe in the future <laughs> a, a more standardized version of it but uh, uh, don't hold your breath on that. So without further ado, without further ado. So do you shout out to Stephen Hawkins. Shout out to Stephen Hawking. Okay, um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? No, go ahead. Okay, so I got mine. Uh, so what I kind of reviewed this week. Um, I went out there and I tried to find something that, you know, is relatable, something that everybody kind of gets. The average man. The average man. I went for a similar a similar uh, sort of situation, but go Good. ahead. So I reviewed specifically the hot chocolate my, at my work. <laughs> In your break room, right? In my break room, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, come on down. <laughs> uh, it's, how do I say, it's not good. <laughs> the, the hot chocolate is too hot. It burns the heck out of your mouth. It's not the right temperature until your shift is over. <laughs> so when you're leaving? You're leaving and you're like, this wasn't very good anyways. And so you throw it away. And speaking of, um, it wasn't very good because it's basically chocolate and hot water. Oh, okay. Um, there's, it's not like, it's not like good. rich and dairy. And no, 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 not at all. It takes a lot of doctoring to get it right. And, uh, yeah, takes a lot of uh, fake creamer and maybe a little dash of, of coffee sugar. Oh my gosh, is that bad? <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. That's funny. So it gets. Uh, uh, I'm gonna rate it on a on a scale of one to six stars. One to six. It's one out of six stars. One out of no no no. Oh okay. Out of, out of, out of six, six stars, stars, it's two and three quarters stars. All right, <laughs> that sounds fair. Two and three quarters seems a little high for that review. But I mean, it's still hot cocoa. Yeah, that's true. Everyone, and <clears throat> what's funny is... I kind of use the water bottle ice to cool it down, too. So. That's so gross. You're you're exerting <laughs> a lot of energy trying to get this cocoa, right? Yeah, but it's like $3 for a Coke, so that's free. And it's free for the yeah, well, it's free for reason. The, free for the cocoa. And what's funny is free normally makes things taste a little bit better. No, not this. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it would be a one star if it wasn't free. If you paid yeah. five bucks for yeah, that. Yeah, if I paid five bucks for it, oh, yeah, it'd be a zero stars. Yeah, see? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Okay, so this week I thought about something that we've uh, interacted with, something that doesn't get enough attention, 
Uh, we don't hear about it enough. And uh, I would like to formally just kind of settle the case on fossil fuel. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I got out on the road, <laughs> drove to and fro. And uh, you know what? To and fro. To and fro. Wow. And uh, it turns out, yeah. It works? Pretty good. Works pretty good. Better than anything else we've tried. Yeah. And uh, it smells good. It smells great. <laughs> and uh, that like that little like uh, plume of black smoke, it, oh. it kind of softens the harsh sunlight and, you know. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's where I stand. I stand. I was like, you know, fossil I, fuel, I like it. High five to dead dinosaurs. For making that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if I had to give it a rating, I would say I would give it um, seven out of ten greasy ducks. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> greasy ducks. All right, so we're gonna move on to. This is what uh, happened. We tried to do show prep this week, and now we're kind of not knowing. <laughs> we don't know what's next, even though we wrote it all down. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That is true. Uh, we're gonna talk about the creative process a little bit. Yeah, we we're gonna we we're gonna talk a little bit about the creative process. So not just specifically. It would be mainly our creative processes, and and because I'm curious to see how you kind of go about. Um, cause you, you sort of, you have a creative job, so you've really sure. got to develop, um, an actual process and coming up with things like that. I know you had mentioned something about how, um, you kind of work in shapes. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so particularly when it comes to graphic design, um, and particularly like layout, logo design, that sort of thing. Um, my mind really does look at shapes rather than, you know, the specific form, um, a lot of the times I'll start off with like a notepad and a pencil and I just kind of quickly sketch out what comes to mind. If I want there to be like a big headline at the top of the page and I want an image in the bottom, right? I kind of just block it out really quickly. And it's very, it's not literal at all. It's very ethereal. No one would understand what, what the sketches mean, you right, know, except for right. me. And then that kind of just gets my idea down on how and where I want the balance and the weight of the page to kind of lean. Yeah, I find that really interesting because even before you had said that, like last week, um, I was going to talk about that. I, I, when I'm doing creative things, I tend to, to think in shapes as well. So like, um, you know, when I'm drawing or sketching something, um, it's it's always in my mind about, you know, the proportions and the shapes of, of where things need to go. Um, and it, you can always tell if it looks right, if the shapes are right, and if they're in the right areas. So that was something that kind of like... Because you do a lot of like... Uh sketch work and that sort of thing yeah just you know at, at home or at work or whatever um and <laughs> talking on the phone all day you get a lot of time <laughs> a lot of time to just goof around and, and sketch things and get better at that so that's funny yeah so, so that, yeah that, that's something that i uh i'm not good at ironically as a graphic designer i can't illustrate freehand almost at all and i think that's kind of why i start off with such a rugged <clears throat> kind of blocky shape on a page and then i, I switch very quickly, I swap over to digital and I'll start kind of refining it there. Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, you know, working backwards, like subtractive, um, like a subtractive medium where you, you mm -hmm. start out with this big block of something and you end up. Right. You kind of chisel at it. And what's interesting, too, is a lot of the people I work with, um, I, I think working in a digital medium, you have the benefit of being able to reverse mistakes. You can undo, undo and go forward and back in history states and look at something you did earlier in the day and maybe revert back to that. Um, and as a result of that, a lot of my teammates or colleagues that I work with tend to um, duplicate files before making changes, which is 
smart because you want to keep a record of what you've done. Yeah, just but, in case something looked better. Yeah, then you could <laughs> you go revert back. To back. It and, but what I realized is I've tried to do that. I've tried to kind of discipline myself and make sure to do that over the years. But what I realized is that um, there is there comes a point in a design where like I can see it turning for the better or for the worse if I were to make this kind of pivotal change. And if I keep a record of the past iteration of that, it like holds me down. I can't like focus on what the potential of a design could be if right, I am like, if I have that sitting like off to the side of my page or I have it duplicated somewhere. So like, it'd be like having like a foundation for two houses and, and they're sort of both coming together in yes. different ways, but you're, you're hesitant to get rid of the other one because it's a whole foundation you built. It's, it's exactly true. And for me, it, I would rather just really believe that I'm pursuing like the, the purest form or like the, 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 you know, the best version of whatever you're doing. Correct. Yeah. I feel the same way. I've been writing a lot of music lately at the house and you know, the, the way I've kind of gone about doing that is, is I would get into like this, um, this funk of writing music that's all on a loop, that's all just this one little thing that sounds okay, mm -hmm. but then I'll completely change it sometimes and it sounds completely better, but I am also hesitant to go back and change what I did originally because right. I liked it a little bit. <laughs> and so what I've been trying to do now is, you know, write fully formed songs, um, and go from there and refine those and make those better. And if there's anything that's working better, you know, not hesitating to, to throw away what you've done already, even because, you know, there's a lot of things that even I will sketch that people are like, Oh, that's really good. And I'm like, no. And I throw it away and I don't care about it, but they're right. like, they hold on to it. So it makes me feel like I should hold on to it. But I think that's, yeah, so I've, I've experienced that like yeah. really early design iterations. It's like, Oh man, let's keep that for something else. And it's like, you know, I, I really don't like, plugging in my solution for one problem into another problem. Right. When that next project arises or that next client or that next situation where, you know, I, I need to communicate an idea. I need to tell a compelling, compelling visual story, or I need to properly uh, brand or market a company or whatever, you know, I want to start from the ground with that project as well and say, you know, what are my objectives here and what's the, the most efficient way from point A to B and uh, also with with marketing and branding and, and logo design and that sort of thing, um, you know, the, the term I use for what I do is I build I build visual identities and it's hard for me to base a visual identity off of a project I worked on for someone else. Right. Because I really believe I'm building that identity for this client. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I kind of I feel that same way, too, about when I'm writing. Um, so I, I write some sort of stories for um you know, my brother and uh, when we're doing these, um, that'd be Tommy, <laughs> not you. <laughs> uh, when we're doing this, the Star Wars game I had mentioned, you know, a couple weeks back, um, it's sort of like a D&D &D type, but I, I do like to write the stories around um, what I think would be fun to play. And when I'm doing that, I can see where I'm, um, you know, I can always see certain things that I would like to do that seems like they would be fun to play out, mm -hmm. but sometimes they're all up there and sometimes it's like an they offshoot don't. from the yeah, primary and, focus. And sometimes I find myself like I, I'm, I'm jamming the story this one way when it, it would be so much more natural to, to kind of hold that off for some other time. So I I'll move it over here and, and go down that path. And it usually ends up making it way more fun. Just being able to being able to, to, you know, get rid of things you don't need. Yeah. I, have experienced a little bit of that sim similar situation um, in like creative meetings. And, and I think it's partially because I'm not 
I'm not great at creative brainstorming. I'm good at problem solving, but brainstorming, there's a lot of risk involved with straying off course, I feel like. Yeah, you get into a lot of <laughs> rabbit trail scenarios. Exactly. And um, I'll be like, you know, in it and trying to kind of converse and bounce ideas back and forth. And then someone will bring up an idea that I know is just going to derail the work we put in the last 30, 20, 30 minutes. And it's really hard for me to like invest the energy into that part of the conversation that I know I should, you know, as an exercise of creative brainstorming. Right. Because you never know if it could turn out to be something. Correct. But, there, but yeah. Almost every idea, there's some nugget in there of of information or an idea or something that you can springboard off of, you know, in, into another direction. But I really struggle with, okay, we're like heading down this path. We've built a story and we're, we're conveying a purpose and a cause or whatever, you know, and this doesn't seem to fit. And so we either need to build a new foundation, start over, or we need to like quickly learn to accept or deny, you know, the ideas or whatever. Right, right. Another thing I kind of wanted to talk about was... Um, <laughs> I, I totally lost Got my anything? Yeah, I, I do. I just, I lost my train of thought. Um, God. Gone forever? Uh, it might be. <laughs> well, if you think of it, we can bring it back up. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a, a question for you. So your creative process, you were talking about um, your basic process and how it was similar for like your illustration work versus my design work. Um, how do you feel like your creative process changes or is the same when you're looking at uh, maybe creative problem solving, like a process at work or on a team that you work with, or even something like music or another art medium maybe that you're into? Um, I guess it depends on what you mean. So at, at work, um, there's not a, there's not a whole lot of problem solving that goes into that, you know, it's because it, it's not a creative outlet by any means. It's basically just following you know, there's a there's a set of guidelines of things we're allowed to say, things that we know um, are true about these things. So it's basically that's kind of like going into a backlog of, of what I already know about it. But do and you ever do you ever come across a phone call where there's potential for the you, you do? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do like surveys about general information you're trying to get about how the general public is, is feeling about certain topics. Correct. Sure. And is there ever a point in the conversation where you think this could pivot in a good way? where I'll get some, you know, useful information to add to my roster or whatever, or the whole conversation could f shut down and fall apart. Oh, absolutely. And in that moment, do you use creative problem solving to pivot the conversation or do you just kind of resolve to let it go? I'm not sure how much freedom you have there. Yeah, no. So that, that <laughs> if it was up to me, yes, there would be definitely, you know, I've have ways. There'd be um, many more fulfilled. Yeah, uh, definitely, surveys. you know, ways that we would stop dropping calls and people get mad at certain questions, but sure. because of where I work and because, you know, um, you know, it's technically the CDC, they want you to say it the way they want you to say it. And, yeah. You can't change the verbiage. And if, yeah. And, and there are certain points of it that I know people are going to get mad at. And I just, I just do it anyways. Cause it's like, you know, it's I what can, you're asked to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and, and that's, but if I was creative problem solving, um, you know, there are multiple ways that you could go about doing something like that in a work setting. So as far as like music, writing, recording, or what other, I don't know if you have any other hobbies that you would kind of think about the process you approach something with, how are they similar or dissimilar to your illustration work? Yeah. So I said, I work a lot in shapes with my illustration stuff and, and, and my drawing and all that kind of junk. Um, 
I, I tend to do that same thing with the shapes when I'm writing music too. So, um, and I, I know that doesn't really make sense because <laughs> there are not really shapes in music. Not visual shapes. Not visual shapes, but there kind of are. So I block it out where I know a full song to me is, you know, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. And and once I get into that, chunk, you know, that those shapes in there. Yeah, I that's like the puzzle to, piece that you're working with. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so I can start writing those pieces separately and see if they if they come together, um, you know, on their together. Which is interesting because that's uh, distinctly different from a songwriter that is like a lyricist or like a poet, because they're they're doing that same thing thematically with words. They're weaving a story. They're telling a story. They're pulling right, you along right. a journey. And that's another interesting thing I've been trying to do lately is I've been, because I'm not, I'm by any, even though my name is Lyric, I am by no means a lyricist. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good with words. So <laughs> I have been trying to write lyrics to go with some of the things I've written though. Um, and that's proving to be very difficult for me because that's just not how, my mind works. I work in rhythms and, and totally understand that. That's how I, mean? I am too. So, but pushing myself to do that, I think, you know, it's, it's really important to push your creative boundaries in that respect. Sure. Um, and even though I don't really like the lyrics I write, <laughs> well, I wonder if like creative writing would help with that. Oh yeah. I've always been good at creative writing and I think it, it probably has because, you know, writing those stories, um, the star Wars stories we've been doing, uh, right. You know, that makes it easier to, to have, yeah, I tend to, when it comes to like uh, creative outlets and music and that sort of thing, um, I feel the same way. I feel like, how can I possibly write a song, you know, that would connect with another person? You know, I listen to music and, and the lyrics are impactful and they tie me and that song together to a specific time in my past or whatever. Yeah. And to me, the brunt of that, the burden of that um, really dissuades me from doing any kind of lyric work. <laughs> And what, and I know I get in my head about these weird things, but, um, what I tend to do is kind of decide in my head and determine what is the emotion or like the feeling that I want to convey. And then I, I make the music emote that emotion. Right. Right. Yeah. You that's know. something I've been doing recently too. Cause when I, when I write music, that's just music that doesn't have any lyrics going along with it. I tend to write in mostly minor keys, um, you know, super abstract spacey sounding sort of things which you know i like that but now that i'm throwing you know a story with it sometimes that doesn't fit with the what i'm trying to convey what you're trying to say right right and so that's another interesting piece of it is getting it all to fit and sound right together um and you, you get the opposite of this with a lot of pop music where what they're saying doesn't really mean anything but the the structure of the words and where the consonants hit and the vowels hold it all it all plays to this pleasing sound but but it doesn't mean anything but the hook of the chorus that they keep repeating doesn't really mean anything right and that's another thing that i've i've um, you know come to 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 accept that it's like it doesn't have to be perfect right away that's hard. So, and that's and that's really hard. But that's another thing is, um, and I, I'm not calling myself Michael Jackson here, <laughs> but a lot of the things that he wrote that were just demos and stuff were super unfinished. The lyrics didn't really make a whole lot of sense, and then they came out good in the end. Right. So you have to start somewhere, and getting it to sound what you want it to sound like first, I think, is really important. Even if the lyrics don't exactly make sense or the chord progressions aren't exactly correct. Um, you know, I think that's really important is just to get something down, 
that you like and yeah. work on it. To start there. Yeah, start there. And that's something I have trouble with. I, I, I get something that I'm okay with and I can't give it up to, to do something better. That's interesting. I think um, the reason I find success with like more visual mediums um, is because I can see that slow, steady progress that comes from me dedicating myself to the work. Yeah. And it comes more naturally than music. I love music, and I, but I cannot, for the life of me, um, focus and study enough to become a better musician. I can hear things. I, I can articulate what I want to happen and not, but I feel like without putting in a lot more work that I'm not willing to put in, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of stunted yeah. and it, it'll just remain a kind of a passive hobby, which yeah. is also fine. Like yeah, that's, that's just, okay. It's okay to have passive hobbies, but I kind of go in all in on everything that I do. Well, so, me too. That's why episode three, it, we right. bought a $700 audio console. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, hey, this turned out pretty good with minimal work. Might be so our last episode, this, but this you know be, what? <laughs> Sounds be, great. It might be a last episode, but it might be the best episode. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah, but I'm, I'm always trying. That's another thing that it, it's super easy for me to, um, when I'm drawing stuff, is to take inspiration from other people and other things because that's there are things you can add to your artwork and take away if you don't like it. Um, so, you know, it's not that I'm ever going to get perfect because especially in art, I don't think there is perfect except for in photorealistic art or super robotic music, which I don't like. Well, m maybe that's true. Well, there's also another component with, with music that it's performative and that... I, I always have this feeling that um, as a designer, an excellent designer will refine their work until it's perfect and you can keep going back or as close to perfect as possible. But with a musician, at least in my case, I can record something, I can tweak it digitally and get it close to that level of perfection that I want. But then I cannot replicate that live, the performative aspect of music. And to me, the authentic expression of music is as live as possible. Yeah, I, I totally feel that for sure. It's like the give and take between the performer and like the audience member mm -hmm. and that connection. It's so interesting and it's so powerful. Right. And that's almost where the art is for music. Mm -hmm. Oh, especially. Yeah, because there are <laughs> bands that you see live that are basically the recording you have on your phone. But there are some artists you see live that are better live just because, not because it's it sounds better, but because they are feeling it. They're projecting the it. Every ounce of their body is proclaiming and you're feeling whatever what, they wrote. Yeah, what they mean for what they wrote. And, uh, you know, I find that super interesting. And that's one of the things that I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm doing. Um, you know, I don't really record record my stuff because I know I would do that <laughs> I would change everything to where it's not playable anymore oh yeah and when I'm writing music right now at the house it's it's all of it is physical it's all it's I very can tactile do it. it's very it's tactile quick, quick yeah. playback I can do it all all from my keyboards all from everything it's all I love that and that's kind of one of the reasons why I want to build a, a you know a Euro rack um, if you don't know oh, what that is, fun. I have a whole, uh, I have a, a whole printed out Wikipedia article here about, uh, maybe next week <laughs> about, uh, Robert Moog, but, uh, yeah, definitely look into, look into that because analog synth is, is, it's so different sounding and it can be very abstract and still come out cool. Yeah, That's totally one of the things I love be. about it. Oh, that is really interesting. It's almost like, you know, painting with with sound it doesn't really need to sound like music all the time but but it right. sometimes it ends up sounding like music yeah that's true 
I think the uh, the next sort of creative aspect I want to kind of push into is photography and maybe a little bit of camera work. I'm so inspired by the people I work with on a daily basis and I can see shots in my head, but I can't seem to capture them the way I want to. And so I, I feel like I'm always this extension of a photographer where I'm like trying to communicate what I see and trying to have them capture that image for me. Yeah. It's always interesting because you have this, you know, ideal image in your mind's eye of what it should end up like. And it never comes out looking like that. And I, I get that way sure. also. Um, you know, I don't do a lot of photography really, but I do on occasion, I, I like to take um, Polaroids. And that's something that's really, what I like about that is. Well, is, that's an exercise in, in not being a perfectionist. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. One shot and then you're done. And you're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got like three. But, right, but you can't perfect that current shot. No, that shot is done. It's done the way it like is. Like for digital photography, you know, I, I can have the photographer shoot in raw, or they'll, they'll by nature, mostly shoot in raw, send it to me, and then... And you just fix it up. I or, can do the color correction or, or really dial in the tone and mood that I'm going for. Right. Versus like, versus like a Polaroid where it's like snap and that image is done. Exactly. And that's kind of one of the things I like about it is it's, it's so in the moment, you know. Um, now, how ironic would it be if we started selling NFTs of Polaroids? So there's only one <laughs> so there true only digital one true representation of, of the, the of the one printed Polaroid. So there are two true two. representations: one in the physical world and one in the digital. Huh. That's yeah. an idea to sell a Polaroid. On the now back, there's like idea. a QR code, and you register it. Now that's an idea. I like that. It is an idea. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real idea. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get a get a store set up, and we'll we'll do that. We'll figure that out. <laughs> If yeah, you were going to pull a right from your favorite episode, <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to push into a, a new creative world, what would that be? What do you think? New creative world. <sighs> I don't know. I do so much <laughs> already. I oh, do, you just do it all. I do it all, man. Well, well, like what other creative outlets are there? You got your music, you got actual physical art. Um, you know, I guess sketching, painting, that sort of thing. Um, There's acting, dancing. Acting. Ooh, that's a good one. I might like to get into voice acting. I wouldn't be very good oh, at it. Oh, voice acting. I wouldn't be very good at it, but I, I think that'd be really fun. For like cartoon characters or, or just re commercials regular or Regular people or commercials or, you know, whatever you need. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, that, I'm sure that comes with its own challenges, like anything else. Oh, for sure. That's another one of the. That's one of those aspects I don't know anything about. <laughs> like, and as much as I know about movies and and how to make movies and and all that sort of stuff, but that that whole side of it doesn't really. Oh, you know what I'd like to get better at though? What I do make, <laughs> I make costumes. <laughs> oh my gosh! I want to get better at that. Don't talk to me about the costumes. I can't. I, I can't make do costumes. so many capes. <laughs> I don't want to hear about costumes. I want to make you a cape. <laughs> What's funny about uh, the voiceover thing is I was talking to, or I used to work with a guy who did that on the side and uh, movies would contract him and he would do like their commercials or their, you know, whatever. And, uh, and you would, yeah, you exactly. He was totally like that guy and you would never expect it. Cause his voice was kind of hoarse and he smoked tons of cigarettes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, but like he had this crazy withered voice that when he got in on a microphone with the proximity effect happening, that dude just sounded like bigger than life. Booming. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. And it sounded incredible. 
but you would never you would never assume like talking to him like you know over lunch you'd never think right that guy's got a, a good voice but he knew <laughs> yeah, how to use his tool his right. instrument and, you know? and it's it is all honing it in because I, I you know i've watched a lot of documentaries and stuff about voice actors and what they do and um you know they don't really sound much different than than your regular average everyday people when, but once they get into that voice that that they're known for whatever whenever they get into that it's like oh wow that's something different yeah it is when they kind of that's drop into that character or that mode. Well, the other thing that they're good at is they articulate their words really well. They enunciate. Right. We which don't is, do that. no, that's a nightmare. <laughs> Listening back we to this don't. podcast, I am so sorry that I stumble over every word I say. It's so annoying. Yeah, we, we'd like to formally apologize. And come to think of it, that's the perfect transition for this next segment, where we would like to formally apologize for some of the most offensive things we said last week and the previous week. Absolutely. Firstly, we are so sorry. We are absolutely devastated. devastated. <laughs> so devastated that we would insinuate that we would say that that koalas are lower on our totem poles than eucalyptus. <laughs> I personally would love to formally apologize for saying that I am fully prepared for teaching our children about koalas in a similar manner to the dinosaurs yeah you, you should feel bad about that um i would like to apologize personally to kevin james his name is kevin james not paul blart not paul blart i can never remember his real name he's a real person with a real name and we formally apologize, apologize to kevin james and we're devastated <laughs> that we'd forget your name. I would like to formally apologize to people who are a part of fandoms. Thank you. I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am obviously the vocal minority, uh, not being a part of one of them, apparently. <clears throat> you have no idea what my people have been through. <laughs> I would hate for you to feel bad for dressing up like a dumb and going out in public like a dumb and Thank watching you. movies like a dumb. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I would like to formally apologize. I am devastated, devastated. that I called Justin Trudeau weak. Weak. <laughs> if he maybe if he weren't so weak. weak. I wouldn't have had to said that. It was just inappropriate the way that we insinuated that you're a child man <laughs> and that you have no business running a country with that haircut. <laughs> it was uncalled for. It was uncalled for. Alrighty then. Well, I think that wraps up this week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you liked it, if you hated it, let us know. But only five-star reviews, please, because we can't, we can't take the criticism. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds reasonable. That sounds reasonable. <laughs> Five stars and everything stays good. Sure. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll be back next week with more content coming at you. If you have uh, ideas or thoughts or dreams or, you know, whatever. And always, you know, remember, a duck. <laughs> we can't.